the Broken Twig Podcast with your hosts, Nobs and Hirsty. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of the Broken Twig Podcast. Remember, everybody, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Broken Twig or Broken Twig Podcast. And uh, we really hope you enjoy the show wherever you're listening to this one. Remember to rate us. I'm Nobs. I'm here with Hirsty. And speaking of that, Hirsty, how are you doing today? Mm. It is a uh, chilly Saturday morning. Very chilly, actually. Yeah, it is. It is very chilly. I'll still probably go outside, but I believe it's minus seven in Toronto. And then it begins. The shitty yeah. winter, which now is less shitty because basketball is starting soon, which is fine. I like basketball a bit. Hockey may be starting soon. And hockey's probably starting soon. Yeah. So, and plus football, the playoffs will start soon for the NFL. Well, yeah. it's a lot of sports on now until they all get canceled because half the players get COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But speaking oh. of that, there has been some news recently regarding the NHL's January start date because originally a start date that they're aiming for was January 1st, but it seems like that won't come to form because the players and the owners can't seem to agree on stuff. And personally, yeah. in this issue, I side with the players because it, it, during the pandemic, I think it was in June, they made a deal and they negotiated a new CBA. And then now the owner's like, you know what? I don't like it anymore. Let's make it so the players get less money. I just don't feel like that's fair. You had a deal, so stick to it. Yeah. Right. I guess it's Gary Bettman. Well, actually, I don't Expect think it's Gary Bettman. Don't want to happen. No, I don't think it's Gary Bettman's fault. I just think it's the owner's fault. Yeah. Owners Association, whatever. It's probably Eugene Melnick coming in being a bitch. He probably thinks he's the coolest guy in the world. Yeah. Hey guys, uh, oh, we can't start now. I'm, I'm, I got. I'm too uh, broke. Yeah, um, I'm hanging with my my guys this weekend, so uh, I won't really have time to think about this stuff. Yeah, the the um the CRA finally caught on to my tax evasion, so I uh, I need yeah. you to lower the players' salaries a bit so I can afford them. Yeah. Well, at least they kind of the, the divisions are nearly conf- are basically confirmed. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, like it's basically confirmed that there will be Canadian division. I think that the other ones aren't entirely confirmed, but it's pretty much like I forget what they're supposed to be. But they probably make the most sense in terms of geographical. The thing is, like one team is going to get screwed, whether it's the Blues or the Wild in terms of travel because they're going to be more centralized and there's going to be a whole bunch of teams that are like in, in California and stuff in their same division. So they're going to have to travel a lot, but so are all the Canadian teams too. Yeah, so. As of right now, it looks like Minnesota's being the teams that I have in front of me what I apparently I think are the four divisions, 
So one division is Vegas, Colorado, Dallas, Arizona, Minnesota, LA, uh, and Sharks and uh, the Ducks. That's a pretty trash division. Yeah, well, you see the You might problem. want to consider, uh, this is a bit of a sneak peek for our next episode or our episode in a few weeks. Uh, this uh, going for players on Vegas, uh, Colorado, or Dallas in fantasy might be a good idea seeing against their against pretty shitty competition. Yeah, because the thing is, people were like, oh, like the Canadian division, not in this competition. But the difference is in the Canadian division, there's like a bunch of teams, like there's five or six teams that it could that could realistically win it. But in that division, which is supposed to be the Pacific division, there's three teams that are really good and then a bunch that aren't that good. So those three teams, they basically are like guaranteed to make the playoffs. Then there's other teams that will try and find and see if they can squeak out a wild card. So like when you think about it, that division is probably weaker than the Canadian division. Talking about weaker divisions, this other division, Tampa, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, which it, Pittsburgh and Carolina might be swapped divisions. I don't see why they don't put Pittsburgh and Philly together. It's kind of dumb. Columbus, uh, Florida, Nashville, Chicago, and Detroit. I don't know about you, but me personally, I think Tampa has a lock on that division. Yeah. So, again, with the travel, though, from Chicago to Tampa, that's a pretty long flight. So, like, I can't, I can't see why they couldn't have managed to sneak Chicago into one of the other divisions. And then same with and the other one, Minnesota. They're going to have to constantly travel to California and Arizona and Vegas, which is a lot of travel, even if they are doing this the series still. Because in the I like I don't really I'm not the best at US geography, but I'm pretty sure that there's not really any teams that division that's close to Minnesota. Yeah, not really. They they kind of got shafted on, on that one, but it's okay. It's not like they have many fans to be pissed off about it. Minnesota actually has fans. Yeah. Actually, I don't know. Not there's, a lot of fans. Fans. Because in Minnesota, there's a lot of hockey fans, but not a lot of wild fans. Because all the hockey fans watch college or high school hockey. That's the thing. So, like, Minnesota, they could have a lot of fans. Because their team always sucks, they don't. Yeah, and then so here's the third division. Well, the fourth division, I guess, because everyone knows Canadian. Boston, Philly, uh, Carolina, Islanders, Washington, Rangers, Buffalo, New Jersey. That's going to be a really competitive division. If I'm – I wouldn't want to be in that division. I feel bad for New Jersey because I said they're going to make it to at least the second round. I don't think that as much because there's a lot of strong teams in there. So was that with Detroit? No, Detroit's another one. That's New Jersey, Buffalo, Rangers, Capitals, Islanders, Hurricanes, Philadelphia, Boston. This is by far the most competitive division. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It's just the Devils don't really have much, but yeah. You Buffalo? So you mean Buffalo? Yeah, well, Buffalo and the Devils—they—they're really. Uh, I mean, I mean, the Devils are pretty good. Uh, I think the Devils would be fine sitting in fifth. If they were, yeah. In- Except the th- thing that I don't get with this is why would they put Carolina in this division but not Pittsburgh? Why it's just Pittsburgh and it just put yeah, like, Pittsburgh in. 
Yeah, it doesn't really make much sense because Pittsburgh is closer to the other teams than the one. And Pittsburgh has the biggest rivalries. If you're trying to maximize the television dollars, why wouldn't you put Pittsburgh with Washington and Philadelphia? You know what? This is an extremely bold take. I think uh, New Jersey is going to finish top three in this division. Or top four. Top four in this division. That's After Philadelphia. Carolina and the Rangers ahead of everyone else. Philadelphia, uh, Carolina, but like, so then which teams do you Actually, think? Actually, maybe not the Rangers. Philadelphia, Carolina, I think are locks to finish one and two. Sorry, Boston. You may think I'm a Boston hater, and yes, I, I think am. you are. Have extremely regressed. Yeah, but they're still a really good team, and it's not like. Especially because no, the NHL, it probably won't start until January 15th. So that means that, so like that means that no Pasternak or Marshawn. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that because it won't start for a while, Pasternak and Marshawn probably won't miss as much and they'll be back for the end of the year. And they, like Boston's still good. They definitely regress this offseason and it's getting yeah. older, but they're still a good team. Just don't see how the Devils can yeah. beat them. You're right. It's not like they lost two of their top three defensemen. Oh, shit. They did. It's not like their, go- their fans completely turned on their star goalie who's getting older and doesn't care. Oh, shoot. Yeah, but he's oh, still going to. It's fine. It's not like their star player. They still have all their star players. Oh, they're injured for at least a month. Well, they have still- Charlie Coyle. So. Yeah, but they, like, they still have David Krejci. Jake DeBras, Jake DeBras, like they still have um, other, pe- um, other yeah, people, other people, Brandon Carlo, like they, they have-, have Matthew Barzal, Brock Besser, Thomas Shabba. Oh, they picked Zach Senishin, Jacob Zaboral, and Jake DeBrusque instead. Oh, okay, they're screwed. Yeah, they have like McAvoy, like the team it still looks Mac pretty good. Hurt. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's he he's supposed back to the start of the season, but. Yeah, who knows what what'll happen after a, a bad injury? You never. Yeah, but know the thing is, you look. You're saying that, but New Jersey doesn't look much better. They have really good goaltending with Crawford and Blackwood, and like their defense: PK Subban, Damon Severson, Ryan Murray, Dmitry Kulikov, Connor Kirk, Will Butcher. Like that's not a good defensive core. It's just I not. Will Butcher was gonna be good. Yeah, I did, but like, okay, I'll. Although everyone thinks of me as a god and I'm always right and never wrong, like it can be wrong sometimes. And Butcher, he could still be really good next year. But the thing is, this defensive core is really going to have to rely on P.K. Subi and having a bounce back here, or else I don't know what they're going to do. And they're going to have to hope that they can trade for a big defense, for a defenseman or someone. Because if P.K. Subban isn't that good, that leaves them with a top pair of Damon Severson and Ryan and Ryan Murray. Uh, why haven't they tried to sign Mike Hoffman? I don't really understand. I don't know. I feel like they like how their top six looks and they don't really want to change it because they probably want to give Johnson some chances in the top six. They just acquired him. like They want to see what he can so bring and stuff. Their top six is going to be Holtz, possibly. I don't think Colts will. I don't think Colts will play. They'll probably want to keep him in Sweden for this year. So it will. You know play. what? Maybe they won't be as good this year. They'll be much better next year. But it's Brat Hughes, Heischer, 
It's, uh, I'd probably say it would be like Brat, Hughes, Isher, Gusev, Johnson, Paul Mary. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot about Gusev and Paul Mary. Hey, that's a solid top six. I don't think so. Gusev, you better hope that last year wasn't how he actually is and he goes back to he goes to what people thought he was going to be. Paul Mary, I know. He's like so-so. He's not great. Like Andreas Janssen, he can't even he couldn't even succeed in the top six and for the least while playing with Tavares and Matthews and Nylander and such and Jack Hughes. I think that'll have a good year. Like he his rookie year definitely isn't who he actually is, but you know, like I'm not really sure. And then also Nico Heischer, he's pretty good, but he's not amazing. Right now I don't think that he's an elite center in the league. And then yeah. And then Jesper Bratt, he's still unsigned as an RFA. They definitely are the cap space to sign him, so they definitely will. And I think I actually think that Bratt is really underrated, though. Well, you know what? You're right. Nikita Gusev coming out of the KHL to play his first year in NHL. He only had 44 points in 66 games. Yeah, he was actually pretty good. Kind of forget that. You kind of forget that Gusev was actually pretty good. You also, everyone forgets that uh, Brett was a sixth-round pick. Like, you made a post about it. Yeah, I know. I did. It got a bunch of likes, too. Like, yeah. Brett was a sixth-round pick. And within one year, he was in the NHL. Imagine, it's because he's in New Jersey. But imagine in, in Toronto. Like, imagine if Joe Miller plays in, he's, if you don't know who that is, I don't blame you. The Leafs got him in the sixth round this year. But imagine if Joe Miller stepped in and played on the, Leafs next year. Imagine how crazy their fan base would go when the Leafs fan base would go. Everyone would start hailing him as the next big thing and say he's like Pavel Datsuk and stuff. But Jesper Brown, he came in and it's not like he was horrible. Like Jesper Brown was pretty good in his rookie season. I think he was around like on a, I, I don't, I think he missed some time due to injury, but he was on like a 40 point pace or something. Just pretty good for a 19 year old dropped in the sixth round. I, I think you're confi- he's 22 and this is his third year. But yeah, no, but I'm talking about in his rookie year. Oh, yeah, he's had 35 in his rookie year, and that that was 74. Then his second year, 33 and 51, and then this year, 32 and 60. Like I'm not like if he can stay know, healthy. I'm sure he can reach 50 points. But Nick Robertson was a second round pick, and he got so much hype. And rightfully so, we're playing in the playoffs the same year he was drafted. And yes, we're right. He's a sixth-round pick. And within one year, he was already in the NHL. But so that, like, I just find that so amazing. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Well, speaking of amazing, if, if you ever feel down or sad, just remember – the Ducks traded Shea Theodore to a division rival just so they can keep Josh Manson. Or if you also want to, or if you're a Leafs hater and you want to feel good, you can just remember that the Leafs trade, that the Leafs trade Dougie Hamilton and Tyler Sagan for Phil Castle. Thanks a lot. That's what I wanted to hear. I'm sorry. Okay. Not. Well, what were we talking about again? 
talking about the Devils and how you are overrating. Yeah, I think I might be overrating them for this year, but next year, I don't know. I still, I still like them as a dark horse. I like them too, but I think they have a top goalie tandem in the league. I think they're still a year or two away from a really good forward core with those, with two first overall picks, Heischer and Hughes. I think Heischer is going to get seventy points at least next year, maybe eighty. Actually, I said eighty before. I think Um, Hughes is going to break out. Uh, Gusev's going to be good. Brat's going to be good. Paul Mary will be fine like he was last year. He was pretty solid. And Andreas Janssen will get will do better in more time with more like a bigger role. I hope. I like Janssen a lot. I really hope he does well. And See, the problem is closet New Jersey Devils fan. I'm but the thing is, is the Devils forward group isn't elite, and their defense is really bad. They don't have a good enough forward group to compensate for their defense. Unless P.K. Subban goes back to how he was in Montreal, I do not see how the Devils can make the playoffs. All right, well, you want to look at look and compare them to Philly. How many elite forwards does Philly have? Um, like Sean Couturier, Johnny Goudreau, Travis Konechny. Okay, fuck, that was a bad example. How about Pittsburgh? Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Jake Gensel. And that's it. Yeah, but there's no Crosby or Malkin on New Jersey. Yeah. When you have Crosby and Malkin, you don't need any other elite forwards. You just need third or fourth liners that think the game well, and they can and they can get 30 goals. I don't right. see any... The problem with New Jersey is I don't see any superstar in their forward core. And I also see a bunch of guys that really don't deserve to be there. Yeah. Without a superstar. Well, I see a future superstar. I see two of them. At least. Well, whatever. Okay, we're we're digressing a bit. Uh Rangers, I believe they're they're gonna be great. Zabanajad's gonna be nowhere near to what he was last year. Yeah, I know. I think that I think that a lot of people are overrating Mika Zabanjad off of a unusual he had a really I think his shooting percentage is something like 20% last year, which is a really high for someone that's ha- that doesn't have a history of goal scoring. Like Alex Ovechkin, I'm not sure I'll see like what his career shooting percentage is, but I don't even think that it is 20%. And a lot of people think that he's the greatest goal scorer of all time. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, something we should move on to, a lot of people probably – uh uh, read the hockey news. Yeah. Maybe look at the hockey news online. So, uh, did you uh, did you see what they their list their top fifty players list? Yeah, I, I'm just saying I have a lot of issues with it. I really don't like it. For example, they put Nathan McKinnon first. I don't agree. Okay, with that. okay, okay. Before we spoil the dumb things they did, why don't we talk? Okay, yeah. About- um, Kirsty, I just checked. Alex Ovechkin has a career shooting percentage of 12.7. And also, just wait a second. Hold on. Um, Mika Zibinjad, he shot 19.7 last year. So he sh- so Mika Zibinjad scored on 7% more of his shots than Alex Ovechkin, the gr- one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. I don't see how he can repeat that at all. 
Yeah. Um. So, so what was I gonna say? You're talking about the hockey news top fifty players list. Yeah. The the hockey news. So um. Uh. Oh yeah. I think that the NHL.com makes horrible lists. Well, this one takes the cake for sure. Like you said, Mason McKinnon at number one. Sorry, that's not even negotiable. Connor McDavid is the best player in the NHL by a. There's Connor McDavid, and then there's a gap, and then there's everyone else. Yeah, Connor. Okay, Connor McDavid. He didn't even have a bad playoff. He had like nine points in five games. He was still top ten in the, in the, for playoff scoring until like the sec until like midway through the second round, which is which is just crazy. And yeah, if you, if Connor McDavid was actually on the team that he wanted to play for, he would be, like, he would get over 150 points, I think. Yeah. And that specific team would probably go deep in the playoffs. Yeah. If yeah. he hints on that team, that specific team, they lose in the first round a lot to Boston, and their, their GM is one of the best drafting GMs in the NHL. Yeah. And it's not over bank over uh, I was trying to make a pun on Vancouver being overrated, but it's not overrated Vancouver. Okay, and then another thing that I have a problem with is David Pasternak being ranked six spots ahead of Brad Marchand. I just don't see how yeah. David Pasternak is better than Brad Marchand. But they're basic I think they're basically equal offensively. Brad Marchand is better defensively and he annoys the other team. Which really, I think, is a very underrated aspect of people's games. You don't need to be a tough team to play against. You don't need some six-four enforcer who can hit everyone. No, you just need to get under people's skin. And as much as I hate Brad Marchand, that's what he does. When I did my list of top 100 players, I had Brad Marchand ranked fourth in the NHL. I just think that, he, and the Hockey News had him ranked 11. Like I, I just feel like they're. As much as I hate to say this, I think they're over, they're underrating Brad Marchand. Yeah, and they're overrating Pasternak. Now, what the thing that I say is the worst with this list by far, because I'm not going to talk about the goalies. The fact that they have goalies on this list for one is stupid, and the fact that Carey Price is the third best goalie for them is even more stupid. But what's what's awful to me is how they put Jonathan Huberto at 34. I would say he's easily a top 15 player in the league. No, I, I don't agree. Okay, maybe not top 15, but top 20. Top 20 for sure, I'd say. And you think Patrick Kane, uh, Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Malkin, Barkov, O'Reilly, uh, Shifley, Marner, Aho, Heiskanen, Stone, Barzal, Bergeron, Wierenski, Petrangelo, Carl, John Carl. I think that those guys are all better than Jonathan Huberto. When I did my list, I had Jonathan Huberto at 38. You're a fucking idiot. Fuck you. That's who, that's what I think he is. I just think that you're overrating him. He is underrated, but I, like he's I don't really know. I just oh, feel like no. I don't. explain your reasoning for how. Okay. Well for well, first of all, like I don't know, I could be wrong. He plays in Florida. I don't really watch him that much, but I, I just don't like, I don't know. I just don't see what your reasoning is for why you think he's so good. He, I think he's, like, pretty good winger. And he's – plus, he's also – he's like Marner, 
but older, so so he doesn't have as much upside. Pretty good winger. He's 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 twenty seven. He's like three years older than Marner. He's <laughs> he had ninety two points in twenty eighteen nineteen, and last season he was on pace for around the same amount. Fine, maybe maybe I'm overrating him a bit, but I don't think he's that low. Jonathan Huberto, I think he's really good, and if he actually gets to play with someone good, sorry Barkov, you're not that good. Uh, like he would get a ton more points. I don't know. I just like, I'm just not really sold, you know, on Jonathan Huberto yet. He had, he's had two pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I, I just don't really, I, I feel like he has the potential to drop off a lot. I don't know. I just don't really like him that much. I guess, but I, I don't know. I think if you put him with that, like, I, the, the thing that brings me to the point of having Barkov at 20. Sorry, but Barkov's not a top 50 player, really. Maybe he's bought low, like, 40s or something like that. But I don't know. People overrate him so much. He had yeah. that. He had yeah, he was, the thing is that happened is he was underrated, but then everyone started talking about how underrated he is. Now he's really overrated. And I don't get where the myth came from that he's good defensively. He's okay defensively at, at best. Yeah, he had 36 points last year. But but like to this year he had sixty two in sixty eight games. In, yeah, in terms of, games, in I terms think, of, I think Huberto carries Barkov. Yeah, in terms of expected goals against for defense, which is like it's it's the measure that most people use to say how good someone is defensively. He was in the he was in the bottom ten percent in the league for, for goal, expected goals against for sixty. That's really bad. That means that defensively, like if you put a hundred, if you took a hundred NHL players randomly uh, and rank them in order of defense, Barkov would be ninetieth. Yeah. Like I still um, think he's a good player, but I feel like he's kind of overrated now. See, on my list, like on my list, I had, I actually had him fifty second on my list. I actually had him kind of low, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, all the old guys, Patrick Kane, Ovi. Yeah, Pat, Patrick Kane is also top 20. Yeah, Patrick Kane is kind of overrated. He's really not that good anymore. He is really bad defensively. If you follow like any advanced stat pages, you'll know he's one of the worst players in the league defensively because he sacrifices defense in terms of offense. So he yeah, just he's, he's great offensively. Gets a yeah. lot of goals. I know. I know. I never said that. Like, no one, uh, no one's ever said that Patrick Kane is bad offensively. People, he's just really bad defensively. That takes away a lot of his value offensively. As of right now, I think Patrick Kane. I would put him maybe if, if from between nineteen to like twenty-five. I don't think because of how good of a points he get. He's so good at getting points. But but it's more of a two, like NHL. You got to do more than just one thing to be at, like so high. I think there is better players than Kane. So. Yeah, there there is. Like I just don't really. I feel like and I feel like for the hockey news, they kind of like they want to embrace the analytics, but then they like it's just weird when you're reading the articles. It's like sometimes they're like. Oh, this guy's such good goals for and forcing stuff. Then sometimes it's just like, yeah, this guy can hit people. He's six six. 
yeah, this guy scored goals. You know, like that's just what it seems like. There's like sometimes it's analytics, sometimes it's not, and sometimes it just feels like they ran, like they randomly decided. Yeah, and they have, they have Mark Stone at 29, and I would say yeah. he's a top 10, 15 player for sure. That I definitely do not agree with. Mark Stone is really good, best defensive forward in the NHL. Well, I find it very weird how he hasn't won the Selkie. Yeah, it's really just because he's a winger. So you don't agree that he's top 10, 15 in the NHL for forwards? Uh, I, I think I, I definitely think he's a top 15 forward. I really like him. I had I actually had him ranked seventh on my list for all players. But most of my top players were forwards because mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to rank forwards versus defensemen. But, yeah, I had him as the seventh best forward in the league. Well, uh, in uh, last year, he had played 18 games, 18, 19, so I'm not going to really count that. But since 27, 8, three of the last four seasons, that well, the last – Three straight seasons, not including the 18-game one, he's had basically averaged around or above a point per game and averaged around 30 goals. So yeah, well, being good defensively, the best defensive forward in the league, I think that definitely makes him not 29th in the league. Yeah, I I agree. Like, they're just – and then something else, too, that I didn't really like, and people are going to say that I'm a bit of a pious Leafs fan, but I did not like having Austin Matthews at 12 and putting Elise Patterson in front of Matthews. Yeah, I really like Patterson. Yeah. I like the now, way he played. Know, I think. If you know Nobes or you listen to the podcast, you know he loves Patterson. Yeah, I, Patterson's amazing. I personally am not as high on Patterson, although I do think he's amazing. But Patterson's not eight, eight and higher than Matthews. What's one thing Patterson did better than Matthews last year? I don't know, because Patterson, what he's good at is skating, and he has a really good shot. Matthews, he's Patterson is probably a bit better of a skater than Matthews, but Matthews has a better shot. I think, I think he's better at playmaking. He's better defensively. Like I, Patterson, Patterson is, and also Matthews also has a better scoring touch than Patterson. A lot of the time, scoring goals, it's not just about your shot; it's also about your offensive instincts and killer mentality and stuff yeah um i'm just pulling up the charts for them for matthews and Pedersen. you can continue yeah like right and then also if you're saying oh i'm biased these fans they also put point and kucherov behind Pedersen too so you can't argue with that Braden point just when the con smite trophy he for the playoff mvp he is really good same with nikita kucherov Nikita Kucha, I'm pre- he has the record for most points in the salary cap era while not being horrible defensively. Braden Point is really good. Braden Point is Mitch Marner, but better. So I don't see how you can put... And the list, it's not off of like potential and stuff or how good they'll be in five years. It's how good they are now. So do I think that Pedersen will be better than Point at one point? <laughs> Point in one at one point, uh-huh. but like, do I think that in their primes, when they are at their absolute best, Braden Point will be better than Patterson? No, I don't think that. But if you have to ask me right now for like 
if you had to win one game, who are you taking? Braden Point or Elias Pedersen? I'm taking Braden Point. No questions asked. Oh, yeah, same. That's the thing. When you are comparing players saying who is better, you have to think. Right now, you have to win one game. You can pick one player to center your team around. Who are you picking? At X or Y? That is how I think of that's how I think of it when I'm comparing players. It's like if I had to take one player right now to win one game, who am I taking? Austin Matthews or Jack Eichel? That's what I think. And I'm and I weigh the pros and cons of each player. Jack Eichel's better playmaker. Austin Matthews is a better score. Austin Matthews is a bit better defensively. I think that I'd rather have Austin Matthews on my team. Uh, to win one game than Jack Eichel, so I'd pick Austin Matthews, and you can agree with, and you can agree or disagree with me, but that is how I think of it. Christy, yep, yeah, and there's a few other stuff on this list too where it's a bit weird, like how they did it, and you know, like they just had some stuff, some stuff that they kind of don't really agree with, you know? Like, um, like something that I don't really agree with is, um, I'm trying to, well, first, well, first of all, I don't agree with them putting Patrick Line at 46 and Bo Horth at 47. Yeah, Patrick Line is very overrated. If Patrick Line is on this list, uh, where's William Nylander? Yeah, William Nylander is better than Patrick Line. If, mm-hmm. So if you're going to put Patrick Line, you have to put William Nylander. The only reason why people think that Line is better than Nylander is because Line was a second overall pick and because he had a lot of pedigree going into his career. But based on what I've seen, uh, Patrick Line is not better than Nylander. And you can't make the choice to argue for oh, dressing room and stuff because people are forgetting. Patrick Line held out too. Like a lot of people thought that, Pat, that Patrick Line... I would refuse to play for the Jets. Like, who are you going to take? One a player that one time wanted a bit more money, but since then has has been pretty good and hasn't really had much noise about them. Or someone who's been in trade rumors basically since they were drafted. Who are you going to take? Exactly. You see, like, I and and same also with Bo Horvath. I don't think that Bo Horvath's that good. Is he a pretty good NHLer? Yes. But is he top 50 in the league? No. I do not agree with that. Yeah. But, like, Bo Horvath, he is their captain. But this is about skill. Not about, like, not about dressing with stuff. I know I just said the stuff with Matthews and Nylander. But that's not to say, like, I'm not trying to say that Nylander like, that's why Nylander should be ranked higher than Lyman. What I'm saying is that's why you can't make the argument that Nylander is bad for the dressing room or stuff. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. But Bo Horvath, like, he is not, like, he had a, his, his highest career point total is 61. His highest goal total is 27. He's pretty good defensively, not great. So I don't think that he's the 47th best player in the NHL. Yeah. Exactly. Like, uh, I don't, I don't, like, there's Miko Rantanen's too low. I think Kyle Connor's too low. 
Uh, I feel like there should not be goalies on this list. Yeah, I'm just saying if you are making a list for top players, you have to do a separate list for goalies and skaters. Because you cannot, I even, I don't even like to rank goalies. I just feel like if you're going to rank goalies, you have to do it in tiers and not in actual ranking. Because it fluctuates so much that I don't think that you can make the argument to say who's better, Hellebuck or Vasilevsky. You just make a tier list. You say, all right. Tier one, this is like this is just if you're according to the hockey news, their top four goalies are Connor Hellebuck, Andre Vasilevsky, Carey Price, and Tuukka Rask. So you say, okay, in my list, tier one, that is Connor Hellebuck, Andre Vasilevsky, Carey Price, and Tuukka Rask. I'm not ranking them, but these, this is the top tier goalies. This is elite. This is if you had to choose one goalie for your team, you are choosing one of those four. Then you go tier two. And they ne- and then they have the next one. They have Robin Leonard, Carter Hart, Hart, and then that's when the list ends. Then you go like Robin Leonard, Carter Hart, Hart, John Gibson. You know, like I just don't feel. Like, first of all, like I don't think that they should put goalies in a list with skaters. And second of all, I don't think that they should be ranking goalies like this. Period. Yeah. How also? How is Dubois at thirty eight? Like he's at thirty eight. He's at thirty nine. Let's compare the last two seasons. Okay, Dubois played. Uh, okay, by the way, he's talking about Dubois is 38, John Tavares is 39. So they're basically saying purely Dubois is better than John Tavares. Yeah, uh, Dubois played seven more games in the last two years, okay? And in the last two years, Dubois has had uh, – or sorry, Tavares has had uh, 73 total goals in the last two years, 75 assists for 146 points. Dubois had 45 total goals and 65 total assists for a total of 110 points. So once had 36 more points in seven less games, and that makes you think, yes, Dubois is better defensively, but is he 36 more less points in seven, less, in seven more games better defensively? I do not think so. I don't think he's better than Kyle Connor right now. I just um, think it's recency bias. A lot of this list yeah. is really just recency bias. Pierre-Luc Dubois had a good playoff. All right, let's put a, I'm on it. Nathan McKinnon, the Avalanche made it further than Oilers. Let's put McKinnon higher than McDavid. You know, like, uh, there's the Tampa Bay Lightning won the cup. Let's put yeah. three players in the top 10. I agree with that. Well, if there's like, bias, Frederick Anderson would have been on this list because he was incredible. In the okay, playoffs. but it's also like for the entire season, you know. Yeah. Frederick Anderson wasn't great this season. Say leave him on the list. The the Blackhawks beat the Oilers. Let's put Patrick Kane fourteen. The Leafs went out in the first round. Matthews twelve, twelve. You know, like there is um, there's so much stuff and and then Andre Vasilevsky just won the cup. Let's put him seventeen. I'm not saying Andre Vasilevsky is isn't great, but I just don't think he's the second best goalie in the NHL. Well, who do you think is the second best goalie? Hey, well, like I said before, I really don't like to rank goalies, but if I absolutely had to, I probably, I would probably go Connor Hellova. Then, huh, I'm trying to think. Like, there's a few guys. That, this is actually kind of tough. Huh. Maybe you should just say Andre Vasilevsky. No, but then my point doesn't stand. I'd probably go. Andre Vasilevsky. I'd probably go to Karask. 
Stugarath plays way less games than Vasilevsky. That is true. That is a pretty good point. I do think that durability has a lot to do with the goalie. Because a goalie, if they can only be effective for 40 games, and a goalie can be great for 40 games, and another goalie can be good for 60 games. I probably want to take the goalies that can be good for 60 games. Because that means that they are offering, that they are giving your team 50% more games than the other player, than the yeah. other goalie. So, uh, I don't know. Like, I think I that. Vasilevsky's two, and then I'd say Leonard's probably three. And then, and then Leonard, yeah. Four. Then, uh, I don't really know. Mark's had one good season. I'd probably say Carter Hart at four. Carter Hart only had one good season. He had two good seasons. He had a really good rookie season. He was really good in the playoffs. He's been good. Carter Hart has been good since he was like 14 years old. There's a reason why Carter Hart. 14 year old Connor. Connor. What's Carter Hart? Carter Hart. I'm looking. There's a reason, though, why Carter Hart was dropped in the set was drafted in the second round and has been the, named the top goalie prospect since he broke it until he broke into the league in 2019. Oh yikes! Marshall only played 30, 43 games this year too. Yeah, well, I know. He played like a lot of games this year. Actually, okay, but what I'm saying, the thing is, I, I find it kind of funny though how I just said that we you shouldn't rank goalies by number, and now we're arguing about something because we're ranking goalies by number. Yeah. You know I, I, like I find that tier one, hard. Connor Hellebuck. Tier two, everyone else. There we go. Okay, I'd probably put John Gibson in tier two also just because he had a bad year this year, but I still really like him. Before this year, I did say he was the best goalie in the league, but he does – he plays a lot of games, and, and he still is pretty good even on a really bad Anaheim team. And I don't think – like I said, goalies fluctuate a lot. So if I don't think that's fair to discount everything that a goalie has done just because of one bad year. Just yeah. like how I don't think you should start saying that a goalie is one of the greatest in the league because of one good year, like Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, I'm not. I'm saying he's really like I'm basing it off of just last year though. But the thing, it's also like how good they are. Like, okay, if you had to pick one, like if you had to. You need to win one game, one singular game, game seven to win the Stanley Cup. You have to choose one goalie to start, Jacob Markstrom or John Gibson. Who are you choosing? Uh, to win one game? Yeah, to win one game. John Gibson. Exactly. So John Gibson is better than Jacob Markstrom. There's your answer. But, but they have, if, they, if they have the same team. Yeah, exact same team. Yeah. John Gibson. Exactly. So you can't say that Jacob Markstrom is better than John Gibson. No, but I'm basing it off of like play. Like John, like Jacob Markstrom had a better season than John Gibson last year. If we're going off of last season, the last game of the season to win this, to to make the playoffs, I would take Jacob Markstrom for last season because Gibson struggled a lot. And I know that's mostly because he's had like a huge workload recently and his defense sucks. But, I mean, it's not about like how good they are. It's just like all pure skill set, like pure talent, pure like what they their mentality, what they bring to the game. Hey, you just need to win. Like what they bring to the team, you need to win one game. Just like a race, all of what happened. Game. Like there's no season this year. No, like not one March, random game. Like the Stanley Cup Finals. 
Game seven. Who are you picking? John Gibson or Jacob Markstrom? And you said John Gibson. That was your original answer. It's off the top of your head. Who are you picking? And that is who's that. All right. That's it's just like how we were talking about John Tavares versus Pierre Luc Dubois. It's game seven of the Stanley Cup final. You need to pick one player to build your team around. And this is the most, like, it's really important. You can either have Pierre Luc Dubois or not John a, Tavares. Who not are you picking? Second thought, John Tavares. Exactly. So John Tavares is better than Pierre Luc Dubois. Let's go to some of the other stuff that we are arguing about. I talked about it a bit earlier, but you have to win one Three, game. Two. One, go. What? Elias Patterson, Braden Point. Three, two, one, now. Braden Point. Okay. Uh, Sean Couturier, Ryan O'Reilly. Three, two, one. Sean Couturier. Oh. They said Ryan O'Reilly's better. Uh, uh, Shea Theodore, Jacob Slavin. Three, two, one, go. Jacob Slavin. I would disagree with you there, but okay. That's fair. Okay. Uh, this. If you you have to win one game, aliens attacking the earth, you need to win the Stanley Cup. Game seven, this is for all the marvels, all the money in the world. You have to pick Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon. Which player are you taking? What? What? We shouldn't even answer that question because if you say Nathan McKinnon, you're just stupid. Yeah, I don't get what's happened in the past like five months that made Connor McDavid go from the undisputed best player in the world to people saying that Nathan McKinnon is better. Like, I don't get it. Connor McDavid, based off of pure skill set, pure talent, no one can even touch McDavid. Just the way, and the thing is, when is with his speed, people point to how Matt Barzell and like Dylan Larkin have, have beat McDavid's time. But the thing is, McDavid, he's just as fast with the puck as he is without. And that is the thing that really amazes me. Because anyone can be good with, anyone can just be a good skater by himself. There's so many players in the league that are really fast skaters, just straight line without a puck. But Connor McDavid, he, he combines his skill, his speed, his hand to be able to be so fast with the puck. That's where you see where his highlight goals, he, it's like, it's like me playing in my brother's say, like Adam single A games, like in terms of the speed difference. Yeah. And then some people, there's some people that are like, oh, but he's not good defensively. Like, look at these. T-. Like, I'm a big believer in advanced time. When you just watch McDavid play, there's no one in the world that can even touch him. Yeah, you see what he did to Morgan Riley. Yeah. Granted, Morgan Riley was hurt, but that's still Morgan Riley. Yeah. Morgan Riley, he's Morgan one Riley's of the top defensemen. Morgan Riley is one of the top defensemen in the league, and Connor McDavid made Morgan Riley look like Dion Phaneuf. Not prime Dion Phaneuf. Yeah. Dion Phaneuf. Yeah. He looked. He made. He made Morgan Riley look like seven. Look like twenty eighteen Dion Phaneuf. Yeah. Uh. So here I am looking at on the hockey news. Florida's going to suck next year. Here's their depth chart. Their center one, Barkov, Alexander Wenberg, Carter Rahegi, Noel Achari. That is terrible. Then left wing, Jonathan Huberto, Frank Vetrano, Gregory Denisenko, Alexi Sorella. Right now, that's terrible. In a few years, it'll be much better. Right now, it's terrible. 
And their right wings, Owen Tippett, Patrick Hornquist, Brett Connolly, Vinny Hinestroza. That's also terrible. Yeah, they have they, the, the Florida Panthers have two top six players on their team: Parkov and Huberto, and everyone else is third is a third liner. Yeah, and then their defense: Ekblad, Strawman, Yandel, Wegard, Nudivara, and Gudis. And that's not horrible, but they don't really have like a really good defense. And like Ekblad's fine. Ekblad's pretty underrated. I think I yeah. like Ekblad, and I feel like people kind of discount him because he was a first round because he didn't live up to the hype of what he was supposed to be but he's still a pretty good defenseman he he like he can do a lot on the ice yeah and then anton strawman old not very good keith yandel he's not very good defensively mackenzie wegard's a good role player nudivar is okay and gudis is okay he's old and then their goalies are bobrovsky who sucked last year and then chris drieger yeah, I, if the Florida Panthers have any hope of making the playoffs next year, they need to hope that Owen Tippett and Gregory Denisenko live up to what they're supposed to be and are both Calder contenders, and that Sergei Bobrovsky turns back time to 2018. And that is their yeah. only hope of making the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Well, I yeah. think we're talking a bit much about this uh the dumb hockey news stuff. So anything else? You yeah, want well, to I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of like apparently dismissed as dumb because all these guys, they've been in hockey. They've been hockey fans for much longer than we have. So if they want to say this, like, I feel like when you've been doing something for True. such a long time, if you want to have your own opinion, that's then you're allowed to have it because these guys have studied it for so long. And, stuff. and then there's like, and it seems like they've actually like watched the players. Like there's some list where it just looks like they just did a quick search of their elite prospects page and decided to make a bunch of conclusions on them. Like, I saw this thing on Twitter, where it's a Sportsnet draft ranking for 2021. It was the top 31. And there's a bunch of pages on Instagram. They're actual draft pages. Like, it's not just me saying it. It's people that – it's their entire job is just what they do, is they watch, like, OHL and Finnish League and SHL game to make this type, these types of conclusions and stuff. And they went through the list, and it's just like you could tell from the, the list, you may not agree with it, but it's like these guys, oh, whatever, like they're professionals, this is what they do, they're paid lots of money to do this. But they, by reading the description, they could tell that they didn't even, like, they didn't even watch any game film. Like, they watched like a fifth, it looked just from the description, it seemed like they did a quick search of their elite prospects page and watched 10 minutes of game film. Because yeah, you know, like the descriptions, they didn't make any sense, and it, it was just like really base level stuff or like one sentence. And, and like, it's just like, okay, these guys just got lazy and hoped that people would buy it, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like the thing is, when I make, yeah, so like, but the hockey news, although a lot of the stuff I really don't agree with. Like, they watch this stuff. Like, they yeah, watch sure. a lot of games. And if you read this stuff, it's like, like, they have a reason why they think so and stuff. So, if, like, the thing is, like, what I don't like is when people just read a whole bunch of other lists and they're, like, stuff or, like, make a list of their own or they just are really random in their list. If someone has a system of why they think a player is better, then stick to that system. If you think that whoever can hit the hardest and get, the flashiest goals is the best player, then go for it. Just just go full for that. 
And then if you think that's whoever is the best defensively and has good coursey and goal and expected goals for and stuff, then go for that. Go full into that. You can't just be half and half and stuff. You know, you have to, if you're making a list, you have to have the mentality and stick to it for the entire thing. Yeah. Um, now, also something recently that just came out about the World Juniors starting soon. Uh, Alexis Lafreniere will not be allowed to participate this year. So, yeah, well, I know. Big loss for Team Canada. Okay, well, the big thing loss is, for viewers. I wasn't really – like, I didn't think you would do it. Everyone was saying that, he, that the Rangers didn't want to, didn't want to like, release him for it because they pro- he's supposed to be really good right away. That's the difference between some other players that are supposed to participate is that Alexi Lafreniere, he should be one of their top players right away. So they don't want to risk him getting injured two weeks before the season starts return with that let's be honest it probably won't help him all that much he was the best player in the tournament last year and he's another year of growth and development like all it's like he already has all the confidence in the world most likely so this tournament all it's going to give him is the risk for a possible injury and he's already won the gold medal there a tournament MVP so like as much as I'd want him to play it's not like he has anything left to prove there so I really get to this like I get the decision and I didn't really think he'd play anyway, so I'm not really that. Yeah, but still, they're missing out on a huge opportunity to watch Lafreniere, Byfield, uh, Doc. I know, like I like that's why, like Kirby Doc. I really don't think it makes much sense for them to send him there, but I'm all for it. I, I want Canada to win as and so much. So like, it, send er, send everyone who can play to play for them. You know, like it's not like like I'm sad he's not playing. But I can totally see why they wouldn't want to send them to the World Juniors. Yeah. Well, it sucks, but at least there's a lot of at least players playing. There's four on expected to be on Finland, three expected to be on Russia. You got Robertson, which is awesome. So that's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, after I'm gonna be watching Canada, and I'm also gonna be watching all the games with the least least prospects. Because there's a lot of players that are projected to play for Leafs. Like on Team Russia alone, there's projected to be Mikhail Abramov, Rodi in the mirror, and Arthur Akimov. Though Akimov, he probably won't play because Askarov's just going to be getting all the starts. But he'll still be there. And he'll still be a really good experience for him to train with all the top players. And listen, like those are probably the best coaches in all of Russia. It's really good for Askarov. Like the Russia get well, not Askarov, Russia. They get the best goalie in the the draft this year playing for them. Like I I know Askarov's also good, but you know they they're they're lucky they get the best goalie and they get Askarov. So yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. No, and no USA. They are actually gonna have dead, some a deadly goaltending trio. They're gonna they have. Two of the best goalie prospects in the world with Spencer Knight and Dustin Wolf. Then they're also gonna have I think Drew Commissay. No, he was he was the second goalie drafted this year, and he is also supposed to be really good. So they have three goalies that would probably start for Canada. Yeah, and that's the one thing I'm worried about with Team USA. I think USA could actually win it this year. Yeah, I think they can. They have some really good players and they're still reaping the rewards from 
that, that really good development team last. So USA, they have, do have a really good chance to win it. And their top line of Trevor Zegers, Nick Robertson, and Alex Turcotte is just going to be lethal. But, yeah. Like, they could. Their top five forwards are uh, Caulfield, Kaliev, Robertson, Turcotte, Zegers. That's incredible. Like, Canada has amazing, too. But Canada is always amazing because Canada is Canada. Yeah, Canada is always really good. Heading into every tournament, if Canada doesn't finish first, it's always a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, like, I'm looking forward to that. There is a lot of stuff. You know, it's been a long winter for sports. Hasn't really been watched except for Sunday when the football's playing. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel when the NHL is back on. There's the World Juniors. Like I can see a clear end to this. And when the World Juniors start on December 24th, that's just going to be awesome. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, for some of you, it's Christmas. But I do not celebrate Christmas. So yeah. it's not really anything. Two time. It's World Junior. World Juniors. Screw Christmas. The only good holiday... Well, actually, there's Hanukkah, which is good. But the only real holiday on December 24th is the World Juniors. Let's go. Yeah. The hockey fan holiday. Let's go. So, I think well, that that's enough for Get on everyone else. Yeah. And well, that random TSN camera to save us. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody, I think that that's enough for us today. Really hope you enjoyed it. Happy holidays to everybody. We hope that you enjoy your time off from school and work and work because homework and work is really annoying. So we really hope you enjoyed it. We really hope you like this episode. Remember to rate us and follow us on all platforms. And also there may be a problem because in some of our past episodes, there was a bit of an audio problem where Hersty's audio was really quiet. I've been trying to fix it so it's not as bad now. But let us know if that's still a problem because I'll try and find ways to fix it. But uh, yeah, Yeah, like after this episode's done, I'll listen to and see if it's a thing. So if that is still a thing, we're really sorry and we apologize. I've been trying to fix it, but I'm not the best. I'm not the greatest with technology and I'm using like a kind of old computer. So yeah, sorry. If that is a thing, sorry if not. And also, we have a new intro we've used for the past few episodes. We also hope you enjoy it. I really like it. But everybody, hope you enjoy this episode. Goodbye.